Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today, and I hope everyone had a beautiful and wonderful and safe and enjoyable weekend, and we thank you for taking the time out to be with us today. So let's get right to it. We want to talk about all things Eatonville today. We want to kind of catch up, see what's going on there. You know, it's been in the news a couple times maybe a few times uh, since the beginning of the year in terms of different things that are going on. I don't know if any of you caught uh, CBS Sunday morning. I think it was back in April. It may have been before. Uh, I will get that and post it on the G's Power Hour Facebook page in case you missed that story. But there's been other things going on, and we're blessed to have with us this morning to break everything down the mayor of the town of Eatonville, uh, Mayor Angie Gardner. Good morning. How are you, ma'am? Good morning. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing quite well, thank you. And thanks for taking the time out this morning to catch us up. So um, you've had a lot on your plate, I'm sure. And like I said, I I happened to um, catch uh, CBS Sunday morning when I I can. It's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Um, And they had Martha Martha Teichner's report um, about, you know, things that are going on in Eatonville and things that have mm-hmm. happened that has transpired. Um, I, I have to say, though, I was surprised that there were people that I spoke to uh, in Eatonville uh, to ask them if they had seen the report, and, and some people had not. Uh, and so I, I just I was kind of surprised about that. But um, tell me, um, has that been a positive or a negative in terms of its impact in, in terms of drawing to attention to any of the issues that you've had in, in Eatonville? Um, by all means, the report was a, a positive. We had so many people reaching out from the different areas, uh, different states, different countries, um, just wanting to know what it is that they can do. And what I, I had to tell someone is that, you know, you can only do as much as what we can what what we can accept 
you know, and, and one of the, the problems is, and, I, and I've said this before in regards to the town itself, a small town, old ways, old traditions, there are certain plans that needed to be in place. You know, if if I have a plan for my household and you call me and say, hey, how can I help, then, I, then I'll know exactly where you can help within that plan. So one of the weaknesses that we had with all of the attention that that gave was having our, our own plans together. And that's where we are now, making sure that, you know, all of our master planning, all of our uh, comprehensive planning for the town itself is in order. So now when when people call and say, how can I help, we see exactly where they fit. So how how has was there already a plan in place and it had to be modified or what did a new plan have to come about? Uh and what does that plan entail now? So if you talk about the the CBS Morning News piece came about because of the hundred acres. Are you are you are you familiar with with the background of that? A bit, but I but for our listeners, if you could break that down just a little bit, okay. you know, summarize that, that would be great. Oh wow! Okay, so just in the establishment of the town, the land that the town that the educational space was sitting on. So there were two schools. There was the Hungerford Prep, and there's the Hungerford Elementary School. Hungerford Elementary is still there now. However, that whole tract of land was at one point about 342 acres. And then over time, but those 342 acres were placed in the Hungerford Trust. So they they weren't under the town's auspices as a whole, but under the, the trust. The trust, however, when the initial school was built in 1889, it was a boarding school. So that means kids came, they had to pay, they went to school here. But then also what happened was over time, integration began to happen. So now the state had to educate all children. But that boarding school, which was educating black students became part of OCPS's plan. So OCPS said, okay, since you're already educating black kids, then we'll go ahead and we will provide, you know, funding so that it will help us start to integrate. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are you with me? Yes, ma'am, I am. Okay. So, but what happens there is the money that the boarding school was receiving, as happens in a lot of cases, it just wasn't enough, number one. Number two, it was still a boarding school. Parents still had to pay to bring their kids here because kids were coming from all the different areas to live here to go to school. But when mm-hmm. integration came, they no longer had to pay. So when they saw an alternative to go to the public schools, well, the parents did not bring their kids to the private school anymore, they went ahead and started enrolling them in the public school. OCPS eventually withdrew its funding. So now what happens to that private school, it it can't afford to operate. So what the Hungerford Trust did in all 
it just in in their desire to do what's right for the children, they said, OCPS, if we give you the land, you build us a school. OCPS said, fine, because we're the ones that could do it for you. But around the same time, that's when integration really started kicking in. States were now having to make certain that there was schooling for everyone. Then it dawned on the Hunger for Trust, and I'm paraphrasing all of this, then it dawned on Hunger for Trust, hey, you don't need our land because you have to pretty much do it anyway, number one. Um, and, and, and number two, you have land. You have land, you have money, you don't need the acreage anymore, but that's when it got sticky. OCPS did not give the land back. And when I say give the land back, they did pay. They paid a nominal fee, like 10% of the value of the land at the time. So they walked away with a 90% um, discount. Mm-hmm. And so over the years, the 342 acres came down to a final 117 mm-hmm. acres. The 100 acres is where the old Hungerford Preparatory School was, but right. the elementary school is still on part of it, so it's still 100 acres there. The 17 acres is in another part of the town. <clears throat> so when the CPS, CBS story came about, that was primarily in a, because of the fight for the developers to walk away from purchasing the land because OCPS put out an RFP, a request for purchasing. Mm-hmm. That RFP was accepted by, you know, they go through that competitive process the developers were ready to close, and that was part part of the pressure from outside organizations saying, "No, we don't want this to happen." And so the CBS mm-hmm. story came came in right in time, and Good. the developer de- decided to walk away. Good. I said now, a lot there, I, but I have that's to, the story. Now I have to ask a question um, because I, you know, I, I don't have all the particulars, and that's why I'm glad you, you're joining us. It, wasn't there in the land a stipulation that it had to be used for educational purposes? Or, or you know, can you talk about that? Correct. That that was the initial premise of the land being donated because it okay. was to educate the the black children in the town because where else could they go? So that right. was the premise. That was that was the stipulation. But when the Hungerford Trust sold the land, then OCPS had the stipulation removed. Okay. So so in the sale of the or transference or whatever of the land, no one made sure that that stipulation remained as part of the agreement. Well, they did try to fight just for the transfer of the land because when when the when the trust said, "Hey, you don't need it anymore," they did go to court, but they lost in the state supreme court. Mm-hmm. So they did fight for it, but they lost. Okay. And this is in the '60s, so you can imagine the state supreme court at that time. It wasn't easy right. to lose. Um, so when they lost possession of the land, now that land became. Orange County Public Schools, and it all depends on the reasons. 
So I think one of the reasons that was given was the highway that was coming through the town. They needed the uh-huh. stipulation removed so that they can release the land so that a highway can be built because this is all good for, you know, all for the betterment of the community and the communities uh-huh. around. You know, so little things like that, they were able to get their stipulation removed. At one point, um, there was a landfill in part of, on part of the land. They used some of the land to to use to build that highway. You know, so there were different reasons that they gave to have those stipulations removed little at a time, and eventually the parcels were sold off. Okay. So now thanks for giving the backstory. story. Uh, where are we today? In particular, I, you know, I, I want to kind of get, get caught up in terms of there was some, I guess, grant money that was uh, put out there recently um, from tourist dollars in Orange County for different uh, municipalities, organizations, companies, or whatever to apply for. Um, and I hear that's been narrowed down. Did, did Eatonville make the cut? So the the grant funding was for organizations that were interested in, in receiving some of the the tourist development tax dollars. Um, when you say Eatonville, what you're really referring to is the preservation, mm-hmm. preserve the Eatonville community, PEC, right. nonprofit. PEC. So they did submit an application for some of those grant funds, 80-something million over 10 years. Um, they were not one of the top five to make the cut. Um, now, does that mean they get nothing? We still do not know yet. Okay. But like the top five were the big, you know, the big money makers. You know, the the uh, campus, the World Stadiums and Camping World Stadium, uh, right. County Convention Centers, those big draws. Things that average Joe people usually can't afford to to go to stuff for, right? Pretty much. In my uh, well, opinion, I'm just going to say that. You you might be right, depending on what the event is. You know, right. the Orange County Conventional Center, they, they put on events. Some of those events, you know, are within range, but, you know, it, it depends on the event. Right. right. So, so um, what other challenges are you dealing with right now, Mayor Gardner? Um, 2023 didn't just happen in 2023. Right. 2023 is is a culmination of all the years prior, all the decades prior. So what I, as a mayor, am dealing with, poor planning over time, you know, and, and that's been a problem with, with, with many of our small black towns and settlements, is looking at the future in terms of, 5, 10, 15 years, and having strategic plans in place so that we continue to move forward with whatever changes are coming about, Um, but also knowing what those trends will be. So right now, I came on board in 2022. There is no blueprint. So we're having to do it. We're having to to get impact fees in place. Uh, I don't... If had we had impact fees in place a long time ago, then some of the the infrastructure, the maintenance, 
that we're faced with now, it would have been easy, handled easier because we would have had impact fees that had been collected over time to be used for those specific purposes. You know, so what we're doing now is really to set us right for the future. But in the meantime, we also have to take care of the present. So that's difficult. Okay. So help me understand, or well, help us, uh, for those of us that, that maybe aren't in the loop like we should, help us understand you talk about impact fees, and, and I, I want to kind of help people and, and explain to people, okay, you are, for example, I hear it's the town of Eatonville, not necessarily the city of Eatonville, and you have also, mm-hmm. I guess, interconnections with Maitland and Winter Park. And can you break mm-hmm. that down and explain what what it is that Eatonville is and what Eatonville, I guess, kind of needs to be in order to thrive? Um, the origin of Eatonville stemmed from Maitland. So prior to mm-hmm. 1887, maybe prior to 1885, there was no Eatonville per se. Right. But in around probably 1885, 1886, that is when um, Lawrence Eaton and, oh, my gosh, the name just, it will come to me, the other name. But between those two gentlemen, land was sold. Mm-hmm. And it's going to come to Lawrence. Lawrence was the last name. Okay. Lawrence. Mr. Lawrence said that he would sell to land to black people, African Americans. Mm-hmm. In doing that, it allowed African Americans, and these were newly free freedmen, so mm-hmm. now they could purchase plots of land. And when you can purchase plots of land, you could settle down. And when you can settle mm-hmm. down, you can build a settlement. But when you build a settlement with enough of you, then you say, hey, not only can we build a settlement, we can become our own town. We can mm-hmm. charter. We can incorporate. And that's what sets us apart. When they incorporated in 1887, we became mm-hmm. the first town, black town to do so, and that made us the oldest black incorporated charter town in the nation okay so now the reason now, that piece of land was would have been a part of maitland okay but when now we the did that we now became you, our own okay the reason i'm asking about that because for example sometimes you will look up let's say um eatonville or or in you or you look up the zip code or whatever for eatonville or whatever zip code comes out and most of the times you'll see maitland you sometimes you won't see Eatonville. This it this really depends on, uh, I guess, what you're looking up in terms of trying to find out information on on the on the town. And I guess that's why I'm asking this question, in terms of what what is it that I guess connects it to to Maitland and the surrounding areas, and what is it that sets it apart, and does that maybe pose some sort of problems in terms of um, Eatonville having more of its own identity and being able to, uh, I guess, not be so, I, I don't want to say dependent, but maybe mm-hmm. so interconnected with some of the surrounding areas. 
So what you're referring to is simply we, we don't have our own full post office. We have a satellite okay. office. The post okay. office, there are actually maybe three that mm-hmm. service us. One is Maitland. Mm-hmm. That's when you see the Maitland addresses. We also have one in Orlando. On the other side of Ethanville, the I-4, when I said that interstate that came straight mm-hmm. through the middle of the town, they have an Orlando address. So does it impede? Uh, I think they. it's been so long. It's been like that for so long. I can't say that mm-hmm. it impedes because those around know, but would it be better if we had our own? Absolutely. Um, okay. And hopefully with the, with the new growth that we're seeing, that may happen. But that discussion has already been brought forward. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I, I wanted to, like I said, for, for, uh, for those of us that just got, let's say, uh, get a story here and there on, on the news, um, you know, I'm just trying to say, okay, let's fill mm-hmm. in some of the gaps. Let's understand a little bit about, you know, what what's going on in Eatonville from someone that knows what's going on in Eatonville and uh, just try to get a better understanding and see how, you know, maybe, you know, the community there and surrounding, surrounding communities can, uh, I guess, under, at least understand if not help, mm-hmm. you know. So that's why I'm right. asking these questions. So um, so what is the population of Eatonville right now? Right now it's about 2,300. You know, it fluctuates okay. a little, but in, in the 2020 census, they had us at about two, 2,200. But I would say about 23. Okay. And you mentioned growth. Is that um, are, are are you finding more people moving in to settle, or are there businesses, more businesses coming to Eatonville? What's going on? Um, the newest growth, you know, some 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 don't like it, but we do have a new apartment complex coming in, and that's mm-hmm. about four hundred and something units. So growth that way. In addition, we just received money to purchase land for some affordable units. Um, another 30 to 50 units, and you know, growth here and there in areas mm-hmm. such as that are are sustained over time. So um, that's the growth that I'm referring to. Okay, all right. And so um, let's let's just say, for example, you you talk about different things like impact fees or, or whatever. Let's let's just say I come to Edenville, and and I've seen some places. Uh, some that could possibly have some historic value, some that just may be of value as um, a primary home or a rental property or maybe even a business. Um, what do you expect from, let's say, someone that is not familiar or someone you know, coming into the area? How do you expect them to make a contribution to, to Eatonville? Prior to improvements? Yes, for example, um, you mentioned, for example, impact fees, uh, and, and I don't. I, I guess I wanted to kind of understand a little bit more about, uh, you know, the expectation in terms of, for example, impact fees. I and I know okay. um, as a realtor that a lot of times you have, in, you know, you get most of your impact fees when a place is first built, but if it's, let's say, already has an established 
portion of a building or whatever that that sometimes in certain cases the impact fees are waived. So I'm just trying to kind mm-hmm. of get an understanding in terms of uh, what what do you expect in terms of any new residents or businesses coming into the area? How can they make a positive impact? Okay, so for businesses coming into the area or, or, or residences, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter who. When when that new growth occurs, whether it's through mm-hmm. a business being built or a house being built, they are going to impact the town. Mm-hmm. They're either going to impact our pipes for our water or they'll impact our roads, our sidewalks. Those are the impact fees that I'm referring to. So mm-hmm. what happens is through a feasibility study, we determine, okay, if a if an apartment complex is built, they're going to impact our parks, they're going to impact our sidewalks, our uh, infrastructure, our water sewer infrastructure. So with that being said, what is a feasible amount we can assess them for the future maintenance of those places and things? Mm-hmm. And so over time, and then that impact fees, say, I don't know, just say it's $100,000, that over the next five years, that money needs to be spent on those things that they were collected for. Mm-hmm. So, so right now when you come into our town, you see old equipment in our parks, uh, infrastructure that's crumbling, and, and you see that in a lot of places because it's expensive. Uh, you see um, buildings that probably need to have maintenance done to them. Mm-hmm. But post-impact fees, you won't see as much of that. You'll see, mm-hmm. you know, playgrounds that are kept up, roads and sidewalks that are being repaired as they are, as needed. Um, maybe perhaps some new um, construction projects going on. That's mm-hmm. what happens when you have impact fees in place because you have to spend the money for the things that you said you needed to mitigate the impact mm-hmm. from. Did I, did I answer your question? Yeah, yes, to, to a degree. One of the things I'm curious about, though, um, I've noticed, um, because I used to uh, volunteer time at the Mosley House, and, you know, I've been in, you know, through Eatonville for other reasons, but I'm kind of like everybody else. I've been, with the exception of, let's say, coming to the Zora Festival or something in particular, I'm driving through. You guys get a lot of traffic through Eatonville from people that don't necessarily live there. So how? I, I guess I'm also curious in terms of what kind of impact that has because you're not really recouping anything from people that are, you know, unless you have, let's say, a restaurant that they can stop at or, or, or something. You know, I know you have, I guess, the Family Dollar um, and they're along Kennedy, the main road, and then you have mm-hmm. some other restaurants and then some churches, which are mainly usually for the people that live there. But other than that, though, you have quite a bit of traffic that goes, let's say, from 1792 um, in Maitland coming through, uh, maybe turning down Wymore to go to 
I4 or maybe the other way on, on Wymore or going straight through to uh, 434 Forest City Road. Um, that, so that's a lot of people coming through on a regular basis. Uh, are there plans in place to look at how to capture, uh, I guess, some benefit from all of that traffic that comes through there? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so those are county, the road, that's Orange County's, that the why, why, why more and mm-hmm. Kennedy, those are mm-hmm. counties. I thought you were going to ask about the repair of them. But, um, but to answer your question about capturing the business, going back to the 100 acres, mm-hmm. um, one of the, the one of the reasons that the original plans were not received well by the residents is because it called for an additional 400 plus units, and it was housing to be sold. Most of it was housing to be sold that couldn't be afforded. We look okay. at our average income. Um, the right. other part of it was going to be more multi-family housing rentals. So that was. That was just not something that they they wanted because we already have apartment complexes coming down, coming up. Um, mm-hmm. So the 100 acres, we really would like to have more commercial, all commercial, and commercial that entertains. So those cars coming through, we want them to stop. Um, we want okay. them to be able to sit down, grab a bite to eat. Um, the, the museum idea for PEC, that's also an idea that, all the residents are are in favor of. You know, how exactly that will look might be different, but having a museum, having places that, um, an amphitheater, having um, entertainment areas, that Mm -hmm. is what what the 100 acres could be. The other thing is we have the 17 acres further down, and, and this is just one of my legacies, projects that I would love to see come to fruition is, the 17 acres, I would love to have a sports complex down on that end. Um, so if the traffic is going to come here, I, I want it to be more purposeful. You know, mm-hmm. come in order to stop. And that, in turn, will start helping the businesses along this thoroughfare as well. You know, maybe they'll start stopping to the small businesses more often. You, you've been talking a while, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'd like to ask you um, about uh, are there any type of, of incentives, I guess, for people to uh, come in and start businesses in Ethanville as well as, as um, maybe uh, revitalizing some of the existing properties? And I want to ask about um, the possibility of historical grants. So uh, we're here with Mayor Angie Gardner of Eatonville. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faith, we have been here for many grieving families. Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple dignified cremation, Dodd's Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dodd's Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs, dedicated to serving our families. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar? 
or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast, let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. You all take care. I'm starting to hear the thunder out there, so just just take care. And also, enjoy the traffic while it lasts. I mean, (laughs) and the reason I say that, school starts in a couple weeks, so school buses will be out there. (laughs) So just enjoy the local traffic while you can. In the meantime... Welcome back, uh, and we have Mayor Angie Gardner of Eaton, Eatonville on. And if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. Um, and I hope I haven't been inundating you with too much, but, you know, I just know that there are people that would like to get, get a little more insight to try mm-hmm. to see, you know, what it is that, you know, if, if there's anything that the community can do. But in the meantime, with the you know, in, in general, the housing crisis that we have here in terms of affordable housing and everything like that, there there is land and there there is existing property in Eatonville that could be uh, purchased um, for various reasons, you know, for residential, for investment, for uh, business, whatever. I mean, maybe not a lot, but there is some for people that are, are looking. But what I wanted to find out, uh, there are places that you probably wouldn't want to just tear down and just build new. I mean, part of having a historical town is doing some historical preservation, correct? Correct. Okay. So um, what about uh, any – are there any incentives for, let's say, any nonprofits or any um, – community organizations or any businesses to come in and and, uh, do any type of um, renovations on certain uh, buildings just to, just for the sake of, of preservation. Um, The, this, this is going to sound weird, but the historical part of Ethanville is mainly the main street, Kennedy Boulevard. Um, right. And maybe go in, you know, maybe a house or two from that point. So looking in that space, you have the Thomas House, which is the original St. Lawrence Church. Okay. And you have the Kohas, the old Koha building. Okay. Right. It used to be the old Heroes. Right. So if we just talk about those two, for the Koha building, um, there is a grant to restore that into a a museum cafe type atmosphere. Okay. For the Thomas House, that is privately owned, and mm-hmm. my last understanding is that they are also going after some funding for that for that historical piece. Okay. So, so there, I know. So yeah, I, I'm familiar with those two. Um, did go to uh, it wasn't Koha at the time I went to, but I know what you're talking about. In my younger days, I, I did pay a visit or two there. Um, 
So I'm familiar with that. There's a uh, another building also that's, I guess, across from the library that um, I think is privately owned. Um, it's a, I guess, a tan-colored building or whatever. Is, do you know anything about that one? It, is that where the fr- – it, it's across from Town Home? The Town Hall? Not Town Home. Town yes. Hall? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is private. Pri- it was privately owned as well. If that has changed okay. ownership, I don't know. Okay. All right. Because I know I, I've, you know, as I pass certain things and and that, and when I hear uh, things from other people looking for stuff, you know, mm-hmm. I'm always saying, hey, okay, this this I know this looks vacant or this looks like it might be a, mm-hmm. something for a potential of X, Y, and Z. But just trying to get the information seems to be somewhat difficult at times. That's why I was asking right. about right. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So, um, all right. We, I just, I guess, what I want to find out is um, from this point, what is it? What is it that I have not touched on? What is it that you want people to know? What haven't I covered? I mean, just something that I always say, um, I think what this administration is doing right now is the right things. And it's the right things not just for tomorrow's generation, but generations down the future, in the future. So uh, putting the impact fees in place. We are making sure that our internal controls are, are, are shored up. Just doing those things that good governance requires. So for those persons that are rooting for Ethanville, continue to do so because we are doing the right things. And, and it's going to take some time to, to fix the broken areas. But also for those, you know, if you have a couple, you know, some days or so or hours in a day, just come and just visit. We still mm-hmm. have, you know, the restaurants. We still have the 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 museum that is is open it's small but it's there just take a little quick walk through and just just visit the area it is, it is a beautiful town and and I even though we are still bringing more business into the town over time hopefully you'll start seeing a change you know but just mm-hmm. just don't give up yet we're we're still here and I and we're still striving and we're still thriving. So let me ask you this, because I know you are probably caught in the middle, in the middle between uh, progress, trying to strike a balance between progress and preservation. You probably have <laughs> people that have been there forever and are like, well, you know, we like it the way it is, or, or you know, we don't want we 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 you know don't want you to do too much, and then mm-hmm. you have some people that want you to go full throttle and say, okay, you know, forget about them. We need to do X, Y, and Z, and we need to do it <laughs> right now. Okay, and, and so I'm I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, you know that it's 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 slow. Uh, because you know, sometimes you, if you go too fast, you miss stuff. You know, right? Uh, you know, so, uh, so how how do you address that? How, I mean, that's got to be very frustrating for you. 
Not not really. I mean, that's when you bring in the experts because being married, I mean, you don't know everything. And yeah. this, what we're going through is not new. You know, it's we're not the only historical place. So there are experts that know how this can be done, know how to strike a balance, and there are experts that understand our history. So it's just a matter mm-hmm. of when I, I stated earlier about that master planning, it's just a matter of yeah. looking at the whole picture and stop piecemealing the picture. Mm-hmm. You know, it, when you do a puzzle, you, you have the the whole picture of the puzzle. You know, let's get let's master plan. Let's know the whole picture so that we mm-hmm. know when we make those individual little decisions how it will affect everything. And I think that that's what needs to happen, and that's one of the things that we're starting to do. Is there a particular timeline for, uh, you know, because sometimes you have to put, I guess, deadlines in place, uh, even if, let's say, you know, certain things don't get accomplished uh, in, in, its in, in their entirety, some things do get accomplished sometimes by having a, a deadline or a goal or something like that. So is there a, a timeline for, for any of this, the things that you have mentioned? Um, I kind of stop timelines because they never work out. But oh. the main timeline is to at least get things in place before I'm no longer in office so that the okay. next mayor can just pick up, see the good that is done, and keep it moving. Um, in regards to some of the things that I have always wanted in regards to the strategic plan, that's those those pieces are occurring right now, having the stakeholders meeting um, and, and gather, gleaning information from the residents and the stakeholders. Um, that goes into the planning. Also, when I spoke earlier about the impact fees, in order to put, install or in, implement impact fees, you mm-hmm. need to have the studies done. So those studies have been completed, and now the okay, good. the fee schedules are the next step, and that's the process where we are now. Um, so so those things, and I've been in office a little over a year, so that took a little minute, but yeah. we're there. And and once mm-hmm. those things occur, then it just starts speeding up a little. A little. So are, are any of these efforts things that have to go onto a ballot for an election and and be voted on, or is that going to be a a process that holds up anything, or are you um, free to go forward with some of this stuff um, as it is, or has some of this stuff already been voted on, I guess I could ask. Okay, for when you want to change fees and things like that, that's an ordinance. So it's not a a ballot, but it is through a first and second reading where the citizens come out and voice their concerns or their support, whichever way, and then it's voted on by council. Okay. And do they come out? You know, sometimes you have these things and and people say after the fact, well, I didn't know, you know, no one asked me anything, you know, uh, how could, why, why, why wasn't, why weren't we notified or, you you know, that, mm-hmm. not, and I'm not saying that just, that happens with just Eatonville, that happens mm-hmm. with, with almost any place sometimes. It, and they, they do come out, um, depending on what it is. When, 
when the developers wanted to build and we had that second reading, we had to move venues to a larger venue, mm-hmm. and they filled the room. Oh, good. Um, so when it comes to maybe raising fees, you might get a, a good chunk of citizens that come, maybe not as many as those citizens uh-huh. that time, but you'll, you'll, you'll get probably a, a room full in our normal chambers. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good to hear hear that because you know I I like I said I hear a lot sometimes we you have these meetings and and you know people say well you know I wasn't notified you know and and I, you can't necessarily attend every meeting or go to, but you know you can mm-hmm. designate people you can have representatives but you you know you want to make sure that you know everybody has a, a voice of some sort and um, yeah. or you know and everybody is is made aware. Uh, yep. of what's going on, so that's we're, important. We're a, small, we're a small town, so it's easier to get the word out. We literally can yeah. go door to door, you know, and put a note yeah. on the doors, and then after that they yeah. say they don't know. Eh. We still, yeah. we will still get that, but mm-hmm. not as much, I don't think. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. So, and, You know, and I, I actually think if, and I know it's hard to do in a bigger place, but I think if there were more of that. Uh, there was more of that door-to-door type of, you know, notification. A little bit more hands-on uh, mm-hmm. for, for, from some people um, instead of like, you know, for for a variety of things and not just around election time because that's when I see more of that. But if it's something mm-hmm. that's really relevant to to the citizens, I think that's a good thing. So. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So. Um, anything coming up in Eatonville? Uh, you guys, you know, I know you have, they've broken down, uh, the Zora Festival into, uh, not just one event now. They, they do a variety of things with that. And then I know you all have the MLK parade. Um, don't, is there like an anniversary coming up? We have the, in August, we have the Founders Day. Um, this year is going to be smaller than it was last year because last year was the 135th anniversary. But wow. this one is going to be smaller. But we still just hopefully it's quaint and citizens and residents in the area just come and just join together, just have fun with one another. Um, so Rodzi has said he'll be here, so he's committed. And we just want to have mm-hmm. fun and enjoy one another this year. That's good. That's good. That that's a long time, 135 years. That's congratulations to. Well, you, like you said, that was last year. It's 136, so we're still counting. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, how if people want more information uh, to find out more about what's going on there, or or how they can help or anything, how do they reach out? What do they do? I will always say, first go to our website. We are building that. So some of the things that are coming up, the events come, or, that are coming up are there. I always, They can always send an email to me at agardner okay. at townofethanville.org. All right. All right. That's good to know. Um, any any last things you want to contribute before I let you go? Because I'm I'm not going to keep you on a whole hour because I know you've got you've got stuff. <laughs> I got stuff. Um, <laughs> first of all, this was my first podcast. Interesting. Enjoyed speaking with you. 
Um, and you. and I and I love this town. This is a beautiful town, and those persons that live in the Central Florida area is a town that they should also be proud of, um, as well as the nation, because of all the towns that existed at one point, there are not mm-hmm. very many black towns still in existence. So right. their support of us is very important, even if where that support exactly fits in in the plan. Um, Give give me a couple of months and we'll get that together. Um, but but continue. I ask them to continue to reach out to support the town in any way that they see fit. You know we still have some some small organizations that are attached to the town. Reach out to them. You know so any help because a, helping them build up is going to help the town mm-hmm. eventually as well. All right, Mayor Gardner. Thank you for taking the time out and fielding, I know, some some uh, <laughs> questions that you probably didn't expect, but um, I, I appreciate you taking the time out and, and giving us a little bit more insight. So as we see these stories coming up, we kind of know better a little bit of, of the background and, and where things are going. So thank you very, very much for that. I appreciate that. Thank you. I hope I was helpful. Thank you. You have a blessed day. You too. We're going to take Bye-bye. a quick Thank you. Bye-bye. We're going to take a quick break. If you have questions or comments, something you want to uh, share, the number is 516-387-1944. Dee's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. We'll be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs, owner and funeral director at Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community with two generations of family funeral service. With the recent addition of my son, Brandon, we are here to take care of the needs of Central and West Orlando. From simple cremation to a full burial, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here to help you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs, dedicated. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. And we, will, again, want to thank Mayor um, Angie Gardner of Eatonville for joining us and uh, just giving us a little bit more insight to see what she's dealing with over in Eatonville. And, and uh, so when you see the different stories, uh, you can kind of get you know a little bit more uh, of, per- of a perspective about what's going on. So we are not going to stay on long, but um, we do have just wanted to inform you about uh, Wednesday we have, uh, uh, goodness gracious, Chef George Ashford, who's going to be on from CB Bistro. Um, And then on Thursday we have uh, Burton Kelso of Integral, it's Tech Thursday. And then Friday, Friday Friday in the Garden with Robert Bowden, he's going to be on um, talking about gardening and uh, giving us some some tips while we um, get through this, oh, goodness gracious, this season, (laughs) this this, this hot season. Oh, my goodness. Um, By the way, I am looking for you to share 
Okay. Uh, school is back in in a couple of weeks, pretty soon, two or three weeks. And uh, I'm looking for people that are wanting to share stories about their career path. So please, you know, send me a message or whatever on the G's Power Hour Facebook page. Uh, if you are interested in sharing stories about your career path, you know, we know that the kids aren't necessarily listening to this show. They may or may not be, but their parents may or an aunt or uncle or a cousin or a grandparent or something. If you have something that you think would be helpful uh, in terms of sharing your story about your career path, uh, how, how it went, it, you know, the good, the bad, you know, whatever it is that you think might be helpful, you know, let me know. We'd like to have you to, you know, talk about it. So um, we're going to try to be doing some of that next week. All right, so just make sure. And I'm going to uh, reach out and get some other folks on about a couple of different programs I've come across recently that I think would be of interest um, if you you have kids trying to figure out what classes they want to take uh, for, you know, career development. You know, some things are not, you don't necessarily have to go the traditional route. So we're going to share some of that with you hopefully next week. So, But we're going to cut out today. Thank you all for joining us. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Be well, be safe, be blessed, stay out of the thunderstorms, and please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care.